You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey, coaches. Welcome back to another episode of Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. You are listening to episode 16, Understanding Reasons for Resistance to Coaching and Figuring Out What to Do Next. So today we're going to have the uncomfortable talk, and it's because we're going to talk about resistance. We have all felt it. Teachers who do not want us around, and they make it really, really clear, right? You're never confused as to whether a teacher likes you or not. (laughs) (laughs) because teachers can be a really, really tough crowd. Um, Some of the things that I have heard in working with teachers before are, why are you in here? The other coach never came into my room. I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for years. Kids in kindergarten or in fifth grade or in middle school or in the bilingual program are different than the kids that you're used to. I think we should just listen to people who are in the classroom. Or this is the way we've always done it, which is like the death to coaching, right? That's the worst. They're doing fine on their test. Why should I have to do something different when what I'm doing is working? Or they always start out slow. They'll get better. I'm not worried. These are things that teachers have told me. And these are actually statements that are resistance to coaching. They represent resistance. Um, They're different kinds of resistance, but they are all resistance because they're saying they do not want you around. They do not need your support. Now, some schools are considered coaching schools. And the idea is that everybody will be coached. But that doesn't mean that these teachers are going to be any more excited to have you in their classrooms, right? Um, Some schools are not considered coaching schools, or they are not expected to have every single teacher in a coaching cycle at some point in the year. And so you may even more experience the idea that teachers don't want you in their rooms, and you don't have any right to be there because that's not the way that the structure of a school is set up. So because of that, you really have to identify where this resistance is coming from, what it means, and what to do about it, right? And one thing that we have to accept is that the responsibility is on us as coaches to make it work. Teachers who are slamming the door in your face, however unprofessional you may feel that is, um, they're not the ones who are there to do the coaching work. We are. So we have to find a way to get into those rooms. So a couple things that we need to do in general are just recognize and empathize with what teachers are going through and understand the idea that every teacher deserves a coach, even and possibly especially the ones who are pushing back on your coaching support. So first, I want you to envision that teacher. Dun, dun, dun. I want you to envision the teacher who is being resistant to coaching. Okay, did your heart rate just double? (laughs) Because I, I can envision my own teachers and my heart rate kicks up a little, I got to say. Um, I want you just to make a few mental notes about what it is that that teacher does that you feel represents resistance. Can you identify a conversation that you've had with them? And I'm sure you can because we all can. Can you think about an interaction that you've had with this teacher that you felt like, oh, this teacher is just pushing back and pushing back? Maybe not overtly, but they are pushing against you being supportive of them. Okay, so now that you have that mental image in your mind of the teacher who is being resistant to coaching, I'm going to ask a hard question of you. I want you to reflect on your own self. 
and I want you to think about what are you bringing to the table? And here's the story that I'm going to share with you that explains why I'm asking this question. Whenever I started coaching, there was a teacher that I was asked to do some work with and the teacher was really struggling with a lot of things in her classroom um, because she would complain about it frequently. She was complaining mostly about student behavior, um, but about a lot of other things too, about the practices that they were expected to use and about um, what the structures of the school were because the school was a school and change big time. And this teacher stressed me out big time. And I would, whenever I'd walk into a classroom, I did not even know sometimes how to control my level of anxiety. Because to me, the classroom was a place of chaos. And I didn't even know where to start. So when I interacted with this teacher, I think I was kind of putting out there my stress level. It's hard to hide it when it's that bad. And I was so uncomfortable and I felt like we did not have a common language, which is one of the reasons why I shared that episode just a few episodes ago about building a common language with your teachers. Because if you don't have one, that can contribute to your discord whenever you're trying to communicate with each other. So just having that exuding from me, that level of stress, I'm sure that my face and my gestures were all similar in that I was putting out a lot of a lot of um, frustration and anxiety in working with this teacher. And she felt it. I'm sure she did. Because who doesn't? We, are, we all notice that in other people. So I was bringing to the table a lot of insecurities and a lot of doubt in how to work with this teacher. And instead of being honest with her and saying, you know, yeah, we have a real challenge here. We have to figure this out. Um, I think one of the challenges is that we don't really have the same background. So we have to figure out how to, how to work through that. I would just be honest with her now. At the time, I didn't know how to say that. And so instead of saying that, I, I just um, kind of avoided a lot of those conversations that I knew were going to be extra stressful. So I want you to think about your own self and is there something that you can accept responsibility for? Is there something, words or actions that you have put out there with a teacher that could be exacerbating the issue? I'm not saying that you're the root of the problem. I'm saying that sometimes we're bringing something to the table that we don't even realize is making the problem grow or is keeping it from getting better. And I want you to encourage you to come from a place of listening to understand and not to correct because that is kind of my MO that I have to work against every single day is listening to understand rather than listening to correct. Whenever a teacher complains about kids, my first instinct is to say, well, what's in place? But that isn't really what the teacher's ready to hear at that point. So we have to pull back from that listening to correct, right? So those are some basic things that we, we need to kind of accept before we can work on any kind of relationship with a teacher. Hey coaches, I'm just going to pop in here really fast because I want to share something with you that I am so excited about. My course for elementary literacy coaches, The Confident Literacy Coach, is live. It's up and running and you can get access to it right now. So here's the deal. When I started out as a coach, I struggled. I had trouble defining my role and communicating it with teachers and administration. And I honestly didn't even know that was something I was going to have to do. I dreaded PLC days because getting my teachers to collaborate, to speak the same language and create lesson plans together was a total nightmare. 
And I was so stressed out by modeling and co-teaching in classrooms that I actually avoided it for a long time. It was not a happy time for me, (laughs) but things got so much better. I figured out processes to help my teams of teachers work together. I focused on best practices in reading and writing and identified some high impact strategies to support alignment on my campus. And I began to spend more time in classrooms after I planned thoroughly with teachers before lessons. Basically, I started coaching with confidence. This work and I've put it all together in one place so you can coach with confidence too. The Confident Literacy Coach is your one-stop shop for everything literacy coaching in elementary school. You'll learn how to define your role and communicate it to your administrator, what best practices you should spend your time on, and my process for collaborative planning, plus so much more that will take your coaching life from frustrated and overwhelmed to effective and confident. You can check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com. Just click the Confident Literacy Coach at the bottom of the latest post and you'll learn exactly what's in the course and why it will change your coaching for the better. I can't wait to see you there. So in thinking about what you're bringing to the table that perpetuates this kind of relationship, I want you to ask yourself, how can you approach this person differently to where it might create a different outcome? And so to help us do that, we're going to talk a little bit about the different kinds of resistance and we're going to talk about what you can do depending on the type of resistance you're seeing from the teacher or the motivation from the resistance. So there are two different types of resistance, overt resistance and covert resistance. Overt resistance is in your face. This person is not afraid of letting you know that they do not want you around, okay? Overt resistance sounds like, I think decisions should be made by people actually in the classroom, and then they look at you and they give you like that little head tilt, like, not you, you are not in the classroom. Or, I don't see how you're supposed to help me do anything when you haven't even taught fifth grade. These people are not afraid to be rude. (laughs) They are. They feel like they are just stating the obvious and they are defending themselves against an intrusion. Okay, that's overt resistance. Covert resistance is sneaky, hidden resistance and it's about avoidance. They say things like, oh, I forgot all about our meeting. And you've already rescheduled it three or four times at their request because they keep forgetting, quotations, air quotes are happening right now. Or they'll say, oh, I left my binder at home, but I'll bring it next week. You're like, you left it at home because you don't have any lesson plans in there. Because even though we've been doing guided reading for six months, you haven't done it once. So let's just be honest here. But they're not going to be honest because they're hiding from you. That's what they're doing. They're avoiding your coaching support by being sneaky. It's the way some people react, right? So I want you to think about your teacher that you pictured earlier in this episode And ask yourself, what kind of resistance are you seeing from your resistant teacher? Are you seeing overt resistance where they are in your face? Or are you seeing covert resistance where they're being resistant, but they're being sneaky about it? (laughs) Okay, and now we're going to ask the real question. Why? Why are they doing this? Why are they ruining your life? Now, they're, (laughs) they're not doing it in order to ruin your life, but that could be one of the side effects. So let's talk about some of the reasons that teachers are resistant to coaching. They could have had bad experiences with other coaches. So, for example, some coaches are used as minions for administrators. And so they go out into the classrooms and then they gather all the evidence and then they go back and they tell the administrator what they caught the teachers doing, right? It's true. It happens. You don't want to find yourself in that position, guys, because nobody's going to want to work with you. 
Another bad experience they could have with a coach is a coach could be one of those very directive people who comes in and says, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you're not doing this. And they're just kind of telling them all the things they should do, but they're not really providing any support or any learning opportunities or any any opportunity to work alongside them. That is a big problem because nobody wants to have somebody come in and tell them all the things they're doing wrong and then give them zero help, right? And it happens all the time to teachers. Another bad experience with a coach could be that the coach just didn't really do the work of coaching. So maybe they don't consider it a bad experience, but they had an experience with bad coaching because instead of being a coach, maybe the coach was all caught up in administrative stuff, which sometimes administrators do use coaches in that way, or I should say misuse coaches in that way, where they spend all their time doing preparation for test stuff and administration and things like that instead of actually being in classrooms and working with teachers. So you show up in their classroom and they're, they're like, what are, what are you doing here? Can I help you? <laughs> and they are not in the right frame of mind for coaching, right? So a couple things that you can do here, if a teacher is having a, has had a bad experience with coaches and that's why they're being resistant to you, is you can ask about their experiences with previous coaches. You can just have the conversation, right? And then you can clarify or reintroduce your role And there are a couple ways you can do that. You can have just a conversation or you can provide them with a coaching menu. And actually, um, there is one free for downloading on my blog. You can, or at at the show notes. So you can actually grab that and use that coaching menu to coordinate with teachers about what your work actually is. You also have to really focus on building trust because if they have had bad experiences in which teachers, coaches ratted them out about something, then your work about building trust is going to be especially challenging because they are predisposed not to trust you. Okay. Um, You can also ask them, what is it that you would like to see in a coach? Right? Because that'll tell you what you want to do and how you want to interact with them and what kind of support that they could provide or that you could provide to them and that they are looking for in you. So if they've had bad experience with coaches, ask about their experiences, clarify or reintroduce your role and build trust for sure. They could also be faced with overwhelm or frustration, which are slightly different things, um, but sometimes come from the same source. So teachers often have 18 hours of things to do that they're supposed to squeeze into a six hour day. And they're not even allowed to go to the bathroom. I mean, come on, guys. They don't even get to go to the bathroom. That's like a basic human right. (laughs) And then we wonder why they're so grumpy. So it's a stressful job. And they could be overwhelmed with tons of mandates. Things come from the top down all the time. Somebody at the top goes, you know what? I know what we need to do. We need to dump all of this stuff that we're usually doing. And we need to do all of this instead. And it's like totally new. And teachers have got to find a way to cram in two more hours of instruction in a week that was already jam-packed and they're told that they can't do this and they can't do that and it's very limiting and that creates frustration and it creates overwhelm. They don't have the resources that they need to do the work they need to do and whenever they see you coming, they go, there's one more thing I have to deal with, right? That's not necessarily the case. You might be there to make their workload more manageable, but that's not the way it feels whenever somebody is walking in your room saying, hey, let's work together. So the way that you handle that is first, you have to empathize. If you don't have empathy for what teachers are going through, they will not trust you because empathy plus credibility equals trust, okay? That's what my man Donald Miller says. He's one of my favorite podcast hosts ever, and he talks all the time about empathy and credibility combining to create trust. So empathize, say, yeah, I 
that's really frustrating. I can see why you're frustrated. Offer to help with something if you can. You could say, well, maybe we can take a look at your schedule and figure out what we can do to make it work. Or you can say, you know what, let me talk to Miss So-and-so and let's see if we can get a team of teachers put together so this isn't on your plate by yourself anymore. You can also see if there's a way you can streamline a process or um, or just pitch in yourself if it's something that you're capable of doing that won't take your time away from coaching that has to be done. So really, whenever it's the, the, the result, the reason for the, the resistance is overwhelm or frustration, you've got to address the root of that issue and you have to show compassion to the person who's struggling because we've all been there. We've all been overwhelmed and we have to remember what that's like. Another reason for resistance could be lack of confidence or a feeling of shame. So when a teacher is super embarrassed about their teaching practices because they see you coming with all this content knowledge and they don't have it and they don't even want to see what you're doing because they already know they're so far away from that, their motivation for, uh, for resistance to coaching could be a lack of confidence. This might sound like if you're in a workshop and you're asking teachers to do something together and they say things like, am I doing this right? I don't know if I'm doing this right. I think this is all wrong. I think I'm doing it wrong. Teachers have told me that before. And, you know, we talked about, well, there's not like a wrong answer to this. This is more of a dialogue and, you know, we're working together. But still, they feel intimidated and that happens. So if your teachers are suffering from a lack of confidence or a sense of shame, you have to build trust. I mean, obviously, you have to do this all the time. (laughs) But you have to build trust with those teachers specifically because they will not have you in their rooms if they feel like you're going to embarrass them. You also want to start where they are. So if they are struggling with some things that are more basic and you're trying to work on more complex ideas, that might be really overwhelming and it just makes them feel even more sure that they are so far behind. So instead of of trying to push them so far at once, start where they are and show them something easy they can start with. Give them a quick win. Give them a quick win, a quick application that they can try right away, something that's going to change and and they'll see results so that they come back to you and say, I need more of that. Whatever you just taught me, I need more of that because it worked. Okay, so you got to give them quick wins and that way they will trust you to come back and, and provide them with more wins. Another reason that people are resistant to coaching support is they might have a poor impression of you. And that can be really hard to hear. It might be a poor impression of you. It could be a poor impression of the person they imagine is you. One thing I used to tell myself all the time is they don't really know me. They know the person that I bring to work. And so that can help you in distancing your own feelings from the way teachers interact with you. Because if you feel like, wow, they really do not like me. They really think badly of me. They don't know who you are. They know who you bring to work. They know the coaching face that you put on at work. That's it. So try not to get too caught up in all that stuff because that will keep you from being able to do your best work because you'll be so concerned with protecting yourself. And coaching is vulnerable work. So you got to put yourself out there. So if a teacher has a poor impression of you, could be oppressive, but (laughs) a poor impression of you, um, I really recommend that you approach them in an honest and open way and you might have to apologize if it's something you actually did. Don't apologize if you didn't do anything wrong, okay? Because you don't want to set that precedent. Um, But if you've made a mistake with a teacher, you can apologize for it. 
if you didn't really make a mistake, but they just kind of have an impression of you, you could say, you know what, can we start over and work together to build a better relationship? Because I really feel like we got started on the wrong foot somehow. You can have honest conversations with teachers and many times they will appreciate it. Um, Try to build trust with that teacher over time and know that it might take longer. Actually, that one might take longer than any of the other three reasons for resistance. Because if a teacher has a poor impression of you, that is specifically about you. And it's not about the work and it's not about, you know, taking things off their plate or about a previous coach. It's about you. So you're going to have to bring your best self to work every day to make sure that the teacher is seeing something different in you. So something to keep in mind whenever you're working with teachers who are being resistant or really any teacher at all is nobody wants to be coached by somebody who doesn't like them. And the truth is that you are not going to be besties with all of your teachers. You're just not because it's not possible. But you can develop a working relationship with a teacher because every teacher deserves a coach. So those classrooms that are pushing back against you might be the very rooms that you need to get into the most to support teachers and kids. So here are two things you can do no matter what the reason for resistance. And I really recommend that you focus on these two things. The first one is listening with empathy. And the second one is reintroducing your role. So here's where I'm going to go. Let me, let me explain each one of, of these things. Listening with empathy. This is a quote from Brene Brown. Empathy is simply listening, holding space without judgment, emotionally connecting, and communicating that incredibly healing message of you're not alone. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Don't you feel nice now? It's, it's something beautiful that we can do for other people to demonstrate empathy through our listening and to listen without correcting and to listen, to understand, and to see where people are coming from. It doesn't mean that you can just stay there. Of course, you can't empathize and say, yeah, that's really hard. Boy, I see you got a really tough class. Yeah, all right, I'll see you later. You can't stay there. You've got to push, right? You've got to grow teachers. That's your role. But you have to start with understanding how this person feels. So no matter what the reason for resistance is, try to understand where they're coming from because that will help you make a lot of decisions about how you interact with the person. Now, the truth is, the more difficult a person has been in their interactions with you, the harder it is to listen with empathy. That was the case for me. I know the teachers that were very unkind or said uncharitable things or assumed bad intentions for things or um, didn't really want my support in any way at all, even whenever it wasn't my idea in the first place. Um, Those teachers... I had the hardest time being empathetic towards, but that's why we have to dig deep, right? We really have to find it in ourselves, a way to connect with that teacher. And sometimes giving that teacher a backstory in my head was the best way I could connect with them and be empathetic towards them. So I tried to understand where they were coming from and why they were treating me in this way, even if it was something I was never going to really understand. And that gave me the the ability to listen with empathy. So I know it can be really hard, but I encourage you to try it. To listen well, focus on the teacher's words, listen with empathy and try to understand how they feel. You know, show that you're listening with your face and your movements and restate what they say to make sure that you understand and also so they know you hear them. Notice how you react because sometimes things will set you off that you didn't even expect to set you off. Like I know one of my triggers is whenever people say, well, these kids, and whenever they say that, it's just like implying that their kids are terrible and everybody else's kids are great. And how did they get stuck with this horrible group of kids? And that just really bothers me. And I know it bothers me. So I have to really force myself to listen through that because 
I, I want to turn my brain off whenever that happens and I'm done listening. So I really have to work against that. Try to think through the teacher's tone. Instead of listening to the tone, try to find the motivation behind the words. What is the feeling? Is it frustration? Is it shame? Is it because they can't figure this problem out? If they have a complaint, could it be because they are lost and they need your help? The second thing that I think you really should do with every single teacher, especially your resistant teachers, is you can reintroduce your coaching role. Or you might be introducing it in the first place. I want you to ask yourself, have you ever really explicitly stated what your role is as a coach to your faculty? I know I didn't when I started coaching, and that was a big mistake because I had a teacher stop me in the hallway once and ask me if I could make her a bunch of copies. I was like, what do you think I do here? I obviously did not say that, but that's what I thought. So a few easy ways to reintroduce your role are to do a presentation with your faculty. And that kind of covers everybody. So everybody knows exactly what you're there to do. And I actually have a resource that you can use to do this with in my store, my TPT store. It's called the Coaching Slideshow and uh, Presentation and editable resources. And so you can grab that coaching slideshow and it has different responsibilities that coaches have that you can share and you can edit it because you can take out the ones that don't relate to you and there's an editable slide format that you can use to plug in the ones that do relate to you if they're not already included. So you can use that as a blanket to introduce your role to everybody and make sure everyone knows why you are there. Because just because they've had a coach before or just because you've been there for three years has no meaning on whether they actually understand what you're supposed to be doing there. And the other thing that you can do is you can use a coaching menu. And that menu actually is also part of that resource. And it's also editable, which is new. I just added an editable component so you can add in your own roles and responsibilities as are useful uh, for you as a coach. But you can make your own. It's not complicated. It doesn't have to be fancy. Basically, you're just on a piece of paper, you're recording the different things that you can do for teachers. So you're telling them, I can provide a coaching cycle for you where we have a, have a planning conversation and then we do a lesson together and then we debrief or I can model for you or co-teach with you or help you look through resources. You're just providing them with all the options so they know why you're there. Because if, if they've never been formally introduced to your role, they probably either consider you a third administrator or like a a support teacher, which you're not quite a support teacher. It's different. So you want to make sure that they know what you're there to do so that they can actually take advantage of your support. I really recommend that you do those two things. Really focus on listening with empathy and reintroduce your role because those two things are seriously coaching life changing. Okay. Um, Try them out and let me know how that goes. If you create your own coaching menu or if you use mine or the coaching presentation, I want you to share that on Instagram because I want to see what you've done to introduce your coaching role to teachers. So tag me at Buzzing with Miss B and use the hashtag Buzzing About Coaching because I really want to check it out. If you do that, I will enter you in a, um, a raffle for a free coaching resource from my store. Seriously, I do it every month. Anybody who has shared Um, It gets entered to win. And so I want to see what you're doing with your teachers. Tag me and use the hashtag buzzing about coaching so that I can check you out. Um, And then I can follow you too on Instagram. So a couple of things to remember. We have to understand the reason for resistance. Sometimes teachers are going to be resistant. It's going to happen. That's not going to change. They might have good reasons for it even, right? Don't let the resistance keep you from making a difference. You can change the way you respond to it in order to make an impact. And I have, I just thought of the best tool ever I have for you to help you do this. 
I have a free coaching resistant teachers five day plus one challenge. And I'm going to put that um, opt into that challenge on my show notes at buzzingwithmissb.com, show notes for episode 16, because you're going to love it. It's an email directly to your inbox every day for five days plus one that teaches you how to make the changes you need to make in order to change your relationship with teachers. And it gives you tips and it gives you next steps and it gives you a nice handout that will help you take notes on these little videos that I've provided for you. They're short and they're purposeful and impactful. So definitely grab that because that is seriously going to change your coaching trajectory. And it's the only way I know how to do it. So check it out because it's going to make a huge impact. So your next steps. Step number one, sign up for that coaching resistant teachers five day challenge. Step number two, really think about have you really introduced your role to teachers and what you need to do to make that happen. I hope you don't have too many resistant teachers, but the proof is in the pudding and everybody's got at least a couple. So try out this, these strategies and check back next week. I am going to share an episode that's really special because it is from my beloved sister-in-law, Stephanie. Stephanie is an elementary school counselor, and she's going to give us some tips on having tough conversations because we all have to have them. And I'm just, I'm super excited to share this episode with you because I just think it's going to be very powerful um, and it's going to really impact your coaching. So I can't wait to see you next week. Uh, Between now and then, try out some things. Hashtag buzzing about coaching on Instagram and uh, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.